This is Dyson UBX, the podcast, episode 225 for the week of July 18th, 2010. Welcome to Dyson UBX, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dyson UBX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. The gang is all here this episode. The original gang. <laughs> the original, the core trio. As I have described in the past, my name is Mike. I go by Vegito BX. I'm the ringleader of the core trio circus. Off here with the female voice. It's a three ring circus. I call you the wife. Right. I have a name. Welcome, Mary. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> Did you not know how to respond? To I, I didn't. <laughs> All right. It's like the wife. Hmm. That voice in our ears in the distance from Japan, though he will be returning shortly. Mr. Julian, hello, sir. Good morning. Yeah, morning for you. How's the morning treating you? Not too bad. The baby's a little bit congested this morning, but she's resting because Tomoko's out of the house and I need a break. So I'm holding her and she is sleeping and hopefully she will stay that way so we can continue recording. <laughs> we have Julian on webcam and we got him. He's like petting the baby and it's so cute. It's adorable. Special guest star. That's right. So let's talk about what we got going on this episode. We have some cool things. I was hoping to get to a manga review of Awesomeness this week. That just did not happen. Yeah, we're still in major Otakon planning mode. Maybe more so Jeff than us. Right, right. Because he's in publications crunch time and we're in, we're planning for our own things, which is kind of the topic yeah, of this episode. True. Also, I had the game review, but we'll talk about that in a second. In lieu of a manga review of awesomeness, we wanted to give you some really, really solid, awesome, crazy, obscure information. Mary, you and I brought our buddy Heath from Konzentai on. We recorded the topic already. We're going to do a sneak peek of the panel that the three of us are doing at Otakon called The 10 Things You Didn't Know About Dragon Ball, though I think I don't have the word the in front of it. I think it's just 10 things you didn't know. Well, I don't know. Haven't you done a topic like that before yes. at some panel? <laughs> This is kind of a rehash, only the content's going to be different. Yeah, totally, totally new content. The other one was called the DBZ you've never seen. No, I think we've done something else, too. I think, Julian, was that the one that we all did at Anime Next one year? It could have been. I think we did something along the lines of the rumor guide. Ah, yes. Well, at any rate, you can't use the other things that we didn't know about DBZ because having said that, now they know them. Well, exactly. A lot of this stuff is new information that we're going to be covering that has been divulged in guidebooks Discovered. in the most recent years. New discoveries. It's crazy that these many years after the fact, oh, I know. they're discovering new things. So look forward to that. We had a really good time. Uh, we give you a little preview of the panel. You'll learn all about that later on, though. So uh, I guess we'll just take it over to the housekeeping and the stuff. I mentioned game reviews my review of dragon ball origins 2 or dragon ball ds2 for the nintendo ds is done by the time you hear this it is live up on the website um mary you didn't play anymore after our initial thoughts last time here on the show no because i made the overgeneralization and guess that the game <laughs> wouldn't change much from one level that i played and that's not entirely true but I know. I know that as I listen to you playing it, right. you're like, oh, it's a fighting game now? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I, t I talked about my cursing and such in the review itself. You can learn all about it. Julian, I have to ask you, I know you have a DS. That's kind of your console of choice, especially over in Japan. Have you had any interest in the DS games lately for Dragon Ball? Um, Not especially. I think I mentioned that I played Zelda Spirit Tracks, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I haven't gotten to that yet. But as for Dragon Ball games, 
not so much. In Origins or DS, Dragon Ball DS, they seem like they want to go in that route. They can't even compare. I mean, Zelda's a such a high caliber that what's some rinky-dink Dragon Ball game going to do to even match that? Well, I talked about that in the review, too. Okay. <laughs> Especially prices in Japan. I think DS games are the equivalent of about 50 bucks for us, right, Julian? Yeah, well, you can get them cheaper when, if you wait a while. Right, right. But depending still. Depending on where you look. At that price, I wouldn't recommend it. Or $18 if you wait a few months. <laughs> was that the Final Fantasy that I was talking about? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so the game review is up. Definitely take a look at that. Now, with the game review down, I think I'm going to try and get back and finish up that Frieza's Force uh, review of those figures. Only other housekeeping thing I'll mention is actually last night, Jake or Herms from Constantine, him and I did something called the Bonus Round episode for Anime 3000, which is another podcast all about Dragon Ball Kai. I don't think there's a set release date for it yet, but I'm going to include it in the feed for Daizenshu EX when that is out. Anytime we've ever done another show, like we did the R5 Central and we did the unofficial One Piece podcast, I throw those in the feed as bonus episodes. So as soon as it's out, you guys will get that as well. I think we talked for about half an hour with the host of that show and another guy. Uh, we had a good time. You probably didn't mention anything that hasn't already been said on this show, though. I have to imagine. No, I mean, it's for a different audience. It's not for the standard Daisenju EX and Constantine audience. So it's a little more general, although we did get into some specific bits of information where it was applicable. But you can look forward to that. Is, uh, I think the first time you'd be hearing Jake in quite a while. I don't remember the last time that he was on our show. So it's uh, good to talk with him. That is all the uh, housekeeping and stuffage stuff we got going on, right? Stuffage stuff, yes. All right, let's hit what brief news there is. Julian, from your present home country, we have some sad news. This isn't cool. Yes. Well, voice actor Takeshi Aono, the voice of Kami, or God, in Dragon Ball, has been, well, has suffered a stroke after surgery for an aortic aneurysm. So all of his roles are currently being recast, including for Dragon Ball Kai. He's also the voice, I believe, of, was it Mihawk, I think? Yes, on One that's Piece? right. Right, right. And so that will have to be recast, too, because his character is going to be appearing pretty soon. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we pulled this from Anime News Network. We were really slow on this. I apologize. It, not that it fell off my radar, but I just kind of forgot to throw it in the news roll for the last couple episodes. Yeah, they're saying all of his roles are being recast. And I'm pretty sure that right now in Kai, 17 and 18 are just showing up. And then if you look over mm -hmm. in the manga to see when Kami would show up next, it's not until 17 and 18 kind of plow through everyone and Piccolo goes on this rampage about, no, I'm actually Piccolo Daimo, blah, 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 and then flies up to Kami's place. I think that's the next time you see Kami. So whether or not right. they've reach that point for him to record any lines i don't really know because there's kind of been a break of kami in the meantime yes and i, and I know peop some people have been saying that recasting his roles seems kind of cruel since he is you know still alive the thing about a stroke that's particularly devastating is that often it ruins your ability to pronounce words yeah. clearly yeah. And as a voice actor, that's kind of essential to your line of work. Yeah, that's what you do. So that might be the end of his career. Yeah, that's a shame. I mean, he is one of those voices that's present in just one piece alone in addition to Dragon Ball. This is the voice that we hear throughout the years in not necessarily major roles for the shows that we're fans of, but major enough that, you know, they have quite a bit of speaking. So sad news, but it's really all we got going on right now. And I hate to both begin and end it with 
relatively sad news, but I think that's all we got, right? I think that's about it. I don't know what else is on the hit parade. Yeah, it's been slow. I was looking at our side. I was looking at Constantine going, oh, geez, there's been really nothing over the last couple of weeks. We covered everything. It's a break. As we put out the most recent episode, so I guess that's it. Yeah, I guess the only other thing is, did we mention that the um, anime comics have finally finished? I think we did mention that in releases or last time we were talking about it. Yeah, volume six of that last Boo arc. It's the very last one of it. We don't know we what they're going to do. need to celebrate. This episode is dedicated to the end of the Animanga. Oh, uh, Julian, we haven't heard you describe it in so long. Can you tell people what the Animanga is? Well, it, it's basically uh, a comic adaptation of the cartoon on TV based on the comic book. So it's it's redundantly redundant, and I'm not really sure what their target audience is. Maybe people who like the manga but wish it was in color and with filler, I guess. <laughs> There you go. So good to have Julian say they're redundantly redundant. All right, I guess we're done with the news. We're going to turn it over right now to a previously recorded segment. Mary, you will continue to join us. Mm-hmm. Julian's going to hop out for a little bit, and I will be here. And uh, you, myself, and Heath are going to give you a sneak peek at 10 things you didn't know about Dragon Ball. Welcome to the topic portion of the show where we are giving you a special behind-the-scenes sneak peek. At the Otakon panel to end all Otakon panels. That's what you said about the last Otakon panel. And it was a really, really fun, good time, and right? Did it, but did it end all Otakon panels? It did. They all ended. The convention center exploded in awesomeness. <laughs> okay. I think I'm remembering a different convention. Mary, welcome back, I, I guess. Hey, good to be here, yo. We haven't done the rest of the show yet, so I'm assuming you're going to be there with me. Yeah, we'll good see. Time. We'll see. You might be assuming wrong. Uh, who's that voice? Who are you? No one. Nah. I, I'm not here. Heath from Constantine, welcome. Thank you, sir. You are going to be joining Mary and myself down in Baltimore at the end of the month to do a panel entitled 10 Things You Didn't Know About Dragon Ball. Yeah, somehow I got, you know, coerced into coming all the way out there for that. It should be a blast. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, so. You have to see the Otakon spectacle. That's right. Yes. Right. So this panel, what we're going to be doing is we're always talking about information, and you know us. We talk about obscure things very often. We are very, very nitpicky and talk about just these crazy things. We're going even more in-depth than that, sort of, in a way, with the 10 things you didn't know. I think even for some of our regular podcast listeners and website visitors... And maybe even podcast um, uh-huh. speakers. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> podcast hosts. These will be things that we just have not talked about on the show or have talked about on our websites at all. It was kind of a reason to really dive dive in and pull out this information and present it in a fun way and especially at a panel. I think this is going to be cool shit, yo. What we're going to do on the podcast is, like I said, give you a sneak peek. We are going to do two of the 10 things you didn't know about Dragon Ball, but at the convention, we're going to have it filmed. Our buddy Albert's stepping up to do that for us, and I'm going to try to get uh, board audio right off the mixing board. Do some cool after video release things so you can see the whole thing, but in the meantime, we want to get some of this information out. It is our duty. It is our journalistic duty. For journalists. To share. Yeah, let's say we are. Whoa, for this sure. episode. Is that what this, it says on my card? Just this one. Not even this episode. Just this one segment of this episode. Mike, that's not even what I went to college for. <laughs> I don't think any of us did. Uh, Heath, the first thing that you didn't know about Dragon Ball. Well, I yeah. guess. And I didn't know. either. Budhiyasa. 
Am I even saying that right? Uh, Wayan Budhiasa. He's he's from Bali. What else can you say about him? All right, he's got on. a really big head. Yeah. No. So back in the past, I know I've seen this online a couple times, and it's never really been cleared up until recently for me. Even I didn't know this. Yeah, Mary. Before we started recording, you were saying I showed you the picture. Said, "Oh yeah, I, I remember seeing that." I remember seeing it and thinking that looks out of place, but yeah. I just chalked it up to being Toriyama wackiness. Right. Well, I know there was a a long rumor that was going around. I don't even know if it's still out there, but that this guy was a contest winner. He appears on the last page of chapter 32 of Dragon Ball in the manga, and he's very, very detailed. And he he stands out like a sore thumb compared to everybody else because he actually looks very realistic. Yeah, he doesn't look, not that the characters in Dragon Ball look Asian, but I guess you would say he doesn't look like whatever the regular well, he looks like a Dragon person almost. Like he looks like an what? actual person. An actual person, yeah. He looks much more realistic. So, who this guy is, as you'll see on his sleeve, it actually does say Budiyasa, so it's kind of a reference to him. Uh, he's a guy that works in Bali, which is an island in Indonesia, and and Toriyama, his wife, and their assistant went, uh, this was right before Dragon Ball started serialization, they went down to Bali and took a tour, and this is the guy that showed them around Bali. So, kind of to pay homage, he put him in the manga. Before we started recording, I was saying to Mary, it's a little weird that he went on vacation with, with his, his wife assistant. and his assistant. <laughs> Just stuff him in a suitcase. I guess if it's a work vacation. I suppose. I know they took... Toriyama notes in uh, his Daisenshu 4 interview that they took a lot of pictures and the entire first Budokai, the 21st Budokai, is solely based off of Bali. Like uh, Papaya Island mm. is based off of Bali Island. Um, there's a picture that Toriyama includes in the 19th Birdland Press pamphlet. And if you hold it up next to that, the archways for the entrance to the Budokai almost exactly matched this picture that he inserted in the pamphlet. So it's kind of really neat to see some of this background. Now, hold on. You just threw something out there. What is Birdland Press? Birdland Press is a pamphlet that Toriyama released um, back in the early 80s. Uh, it started when he was writing Dr. Slump. And uh, this basically was a pamphlet that he sent out to people in the Toriyama fan club in Japan because he was not that popular of a mangaka at the time. And all, this fan club was formed, and so as an appreciation, he made up this Birdland Press, and he would release it every so often with uh, just neat little tidbits. Like in this one, he talked about his vacation to Bali, and there's a picture of him and his wife and the Budiyasa and his assistant. And a lot of them came with various little things. I know there was one that had a one-shot that the only place it was ever printed was in Birdland Oh, Press. wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's going to be totally rare to come across. And they're very, very rare. I know Jake owns one, and they're very, very expensive. I can imagine, so. yeah. The mystery of Budiyasa. Yeah, so, I mean, it's pretty cool. We've got some pictures of him that we'll have to show. Absolutely. No, are, are we posting these pictures? Yeah, well, uh, like on the form? <laughs> it, it kind of sucks for audio, this one in particular. Yeah, I'll have it up on the homepage of the site, and you can see along with the podcast. And of course, at the panel, we'll have the picture of him up on the screen as well. Oh, yeah, and I should mention on that last page of Chapter 32, you'll even notice that uh, Muten Roshi, his suitcase has a sticker that says Bali on it. So Seems like Toriyama had a good time there. 
Yeah, and I didn't notice until I was just looking at this today, but if you look at that last page, right behind the guy that's signing them in is Superman. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I didn't either until today. <laughs> Very nice little in-joke. So there you go. All right, one of the things you didn't know. Let's move on. This is kind of a, a multi-part one, and we'll cruise through these at the panel, but maybe we'll try to go a little more in-depth since we have time here on the podcast. We're going to do a little segment called Names... Toriyama forgot. We joke often about Toriyama forgetting characters, especially Lunch, who just kind of disappears after a certain point in the series. But there are character names that he forgot. The first one's really fun because it's not like the character went anywhere. He just literally forgot that he named this character. And this is one of Pilaf's two henchmen. We, of course, have Mai, the female. And then we have the little dog fox I think he's more a dog than anything else. Yeah, I think so too. His name is Soba. Oh wait, no, no, it's Shu. Uh, the way that this worked, there's a little bit of a history to it. The name Soba only appeared once, and that was in chapter 18 of the manga. And it's Shu everywhere else after that in both the manga and the TV series. Apparently, uh, Toei approached Toriyama before the debut of the anime um, about giving names to his two underlings. Apparently, no one noticed. Everyone forgot that he had already named this character Soba, and Toriyama made up the name Shu to go along with Shumai, which is the complete pun that we get both of those names from. So why why was it Soba then, originally? Well, here's what Toriyama says from Dragon Ball Forever, which is one of the guidebooks that came out in 2004. Soba is a name I probably used by accident, thinking I hadn't give him, Shu, a name yet. So there's not even really anything to it. So it's not a pun to go along with Mai? No, it doesn't go in conjunction with Mai, but Soba is obviously coming from noodles. It's just a Japanese thing. It's just literally naming him for the piece of food. Okay. Rather than the slightly more complex Shumai pun. Um, I guess the Chinese, I, I'm terrible with the pronunciations. It would be Shaomai coming from the Chinese characters. And really all Toriyama says about that, also from Forever, is that Shu and Mai come from Shumai. <laughs> That's, he's got no other description for it other than, yep. That's what that is. Some of his explanations in Forever are hilarious because they're just so obvious that he gives no notes at all. It, this may be, not only did he forget the character's name, but he forgot what the pun was behind those names. I, I don't think this man kept notes as he was making his <laughs> no, manga. No. I mean, there we saw in some of these books, was it the Densetsu books, the the notes and production sketches from Solongo that they finally found for the first time. So, I mean, a lot of the history, sadly enough, is only just now being discovered. And unless it was written down and had the notes to accompany it, I'm sure Toriyama's like, I guess I named them that. Yeah, sure. So that was one character whose name was forgotten. Mary, this next character is near and dear to your heart, except it's not that character. Right. It is, and yet it isn't. And that would be Trunks. So this is kind of new to me, too, I hate to say, but I had no idea that there was actually an unseen, unnamed character. Okay, well, I guess he does have a name because it's <laughs> Trunks. Right. Um, it's an unseen character that's the husband for Ronfon from Dragon Ball. Who yeah, is... Heath, why don't you tell us what the Boken special is? The Boken special or the Adventure special is it's a special issue of Jump that came out in December of 87. And it just kind of goes through the series up until that point. But it contains a lot of supplemental information that's not really released anywhere else. It later, some of it does appear in 
the dice and shoes. But other than that, I mean, it's a lot of background information for characters that we don't have from anywhere else. And as far as we know, almost everything in the special itself comes from Toriyama. Very nice. So there's a lot of kind of character dossiers almost, where it's gender, address, right. age, height, Wait, well, yeah, hobby. there's one of the sections, it goes through all the major characters up until, um, I think it goes up to like tambourine and symbol. Right. And then it just lists them all out, all sorts of information you had no idea about. Like uh, Namu, it lists all of his relatives and it gives husbands and wives and relations and special techniques and their heights and weights and yeah well i guess we should start what is the pun behind ronfon uh ronfon is short for lingerie and it comes from an abbreviation of lingerie and foundation i guess that would be the, the makeup foundation yes so um toriyama i believe at one point he said early on in his career he had worked for a lingerie magazine and so that's where the name pun comes from because <laughs> it's, a, it's explains a, a lot it's a shorthand for the department that he worked in <laughs> gotcha all right so we have this character who's based off of undergarments it would make sense at this time i mean remember where we are in the series we're at the very first tenkaichi budokai we have bruma yeah so it's almost like a conflicting series of puns it's almost like he reboots his own series of jokes exactly and at this point in time for this book toriyama decided to give her a husband which i don't think anything said about any kind of family or does she do anything other than take her clothes off her no. occupation according to the notes is she's a housewife <laughs> so she is married to a man named trunks which at the time made perfect sense yeah yeah it totally fits in with her and then later on the son of the other character named off of piece of underwear ends up with the name trunks this is the kind of thing i wouldn't expect him to have remembered doing no especially since it doesn't appear in the series at all no the soap and the shoe one i feel like uh i mean the manga's right there guys you're only just getting started with it someone should have picked up on that but i guess in that case he almost ended up with a better name pun with the shumai anyway <laughs> This I agree. Is, this one's just awesome. It's this little hidden bit of information where, yep, Trunks was used prior and just supplemental material. And uh, we should note that actually her husband, Trunks, is listed in Daisenchu 7 under Ranfan. Very nice. So they kind of went back and at least acknowledged it. Which, you know, like I mentioned before, a lot of the heights and weights are listed for all these characters. So if you go to Daisenchu 7 and you look them up, a lot of those characters, that's where the heights and weights come from. They just copied them over. Very cool. At least they're consistent. <laughs> they try to be. Heath, I'm going to let you take this last one because I totally forgot what this one was. So I'm going to learn something about it too. What was the deal with snow? Okay, the, the deal with snow is just uh, one of those little things. It's not so much that Toriyama forgot it's more he didn't uh, do anything about it. Uh, they came to Toriyama and they asked him, hey, can, wh what should we name this character who had already appeared in the manga? So she's a canon character, but she's never named in the manga at all. I guess we should explain who she is. This is during the Red Ribbon arc. When Goku crash lands and she goes out and rescues him and then he goes to save the mayor of their town at Muscle Tower and so forth. Snow's character, her name pun comes from Snow because she lives in the north. And it's snowy. Get so, it? So anyway, <laughs> Toriyama never actually names her in the manga until it's chapter like 
510 or something like that. So it's at the very end of the series when she is donating her key to Goku's Genkidama. Well, in the TV series, they came to Toriyama and they said, well, you know, we sort of need to name this character. And so he said, hey, she lives in the north. Everything's white there. Let's just call her Snow. And so that's what ended up happening. She was named way, way far ahead in the anime, whereas her name never appears in the manga until the very end of the series. Okay, so so they asked for a name for her for when? For the anime. During the Red Ribbon arc or at the end? During the Red Ribbon arc, when she first shows up, because that, that very episode title even has her name in it. Right, I was going to say, they would have had to credited her at the end mm-hmm. so that all right that makes sense but the name itself doesn't ever appear in the manga until the very end with the genkidama and boo right because snow never reappears in the manga until the end of the series right so in a way you could say good job for toriyama because he actually remembered she was named right, he looked back and acknowledged there was a name there so it's kind of the opposite of a name toriyama forgot yes but if i think it fits in just with the names and this long stretch of time in between uses and i just thought it was one of those weird things you know good bit of trivia yeah. So there you go. That is a sort of extended version of what we're going to do at the convention, because we have as much time as we want here to go into a little more depth with these things. We're going to have slides and some quick narration, and you can see all this stuff, and it's going to be super awesome, and we got to practice and make sure we cover everything in yes. less than an hour. We can do it. Yes, we can. Let's sum it up. Heath, you've made a little uh, almost promo site where people can keep up to date with what's going on and maybe we'll post a link to this podcast episode so you can get a little sneak peek of the section yeah i was uh bored at lunch the other day so this is what happens when heath is bored <laughs> i love it <laughs> i wish i was that productive when i was bored i know right <laughs> So um, I made, it's basically just a little promo site uh, that I threw up on Constantine, and apparently you have a redirect URL to it as well. Yeah. So um, I just thought, hey, where would be a nice place for us to throw things up as we get prepared or afterwards? Because I didn't really want to make just a new section on the site. Right. So we have oticon.constantine.com, or you can go to oticon.com dizx.com and you'll get to the same place yes Woohoo! all right so that was the topic portion of our show uh look for i'm hoping a manga review next time on the show things have just been a little busy with the game review as i'm sure you'll hear me talk about elsewhere on the show but heath thank you for joining us here oh thank you for having me i'm sure we will speak much in the coming days and weeks but uh <laughs> i'm sure thank you both of you for flooding my inbox because... yeah absolutely Good times. Uh, my phone kept going off every five minutes the other day at work. <laughs> what the hell are those guys doing? We're prepared and working hard. We are. Mary, why don't you get the releases going here over in the U.S.? I know it's already shipping from some people. Okay, uh, But cool. it, it's coming out. Yeah, this is going to be for Tuesday the 20th. We've got Viz Big Dragon Ball Z Volume 8. This covers the original Japanese... <laughs> Tonko Bone. Tonko Bone. There you go. Numbers. <laughs> I saw your eyes. You <laughs> I'm like, if I just say it straight, I'm going to butcher it. 
<laughs> I don't know why I have problems with that word. Anyway, um, this covers the original volumes 38 through 40, or if you're going by the original Viz graphic novel DBZ releases, it's 22 through 24. It's $17.99 MSRP, but you could pre-order it for a pretty sweet $12.14 over on Amazon. That's right. There's only one more after that. I forget what month it's coming out. I have it way down on the releases. And that last one's only going to be 41 and 42. And then we're coming to another point where, all right, Viz has finished a re-release of the manga. What's next? We'll see, uh, I guess. More Daisenshu, we... please. Yeah, hopefully. Um, Julian, why don't you take France and Japan here the next day on the 21st? Yes, uh, July 21st, which is a Wednesday, we have the French version of the Kanzenban. Dragon Ball Volume 9 is being produced, as always, by the publisher Glena, and it's available for... 10.55 uh, euros. I'm never quite sure how to word that. Me too. Properly. I always just say 10.55. In, in euros, yes. Um, so you can pre-order that at Amazon France, if you can speak French or read French. I can read French, but my conversation ability has taken a dive since I haven't studied in about five years. I say, you're in Japan. That's your main priority. <laughs> yeah, but we have a French teacher at the school where I am right now, and I feel bad because I have to talk to her in English or Japanese. You know what? You need to learn less languages. I think you're getting a little too big for your bridges there. You were languages, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> All right. What else we got that day? Uh, we also have the Kokoro no Hane CD single in Japan. This is the second ending theme to Dragon Ball Kai, and it's performed by Team Dragon, a subset of the absolutely ubiquitous AKB48. <laughs> it is impossible to escape them right now. They are on advertisements for everything. That's because there's so many of them. Divide know, them up into sub-teams and put them in commercials all over the place. Can't walk anywhere without tripping over one, I'm sure. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, um... The regular edition is 1,260 yen, and the special editions with the DVDs are 1,600 yen, and it comes in 11 different versions. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. We already listened to them before. We're done with that. Let's move on. I'll take you over here on July 23rd. Staying in Japan for a little bit, they have Kai single disc DVD volumes 15 and 16. Those would be episodes 43 to 45 and 46 to 48, respectively. Remember that the R2 DVDs are 16 by 9 cropped in standard definition. The MSRP is 29.40 yen. Pre-order prices that you'll find are 2800 on CD Japan and 2156 on Amazon Japan. Amazon Japan seems to shift up and down about 20 yen every so often. Usually they're 2176, right now they're 2156. Not a whole lot of savings between the fluctuating prices, but I guess we'll go back over to Mary finish us off for July. All right, we got some cool stuff coming out on July 27th. That's a Tuesday. It's Dragon Ball Season 5 box set from Funimation. It covers DBZ, and not CBZ, just Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball. Episodes 123 through 153, wrapping up the series. MSRP is $49.98, but you can pre-order it on Amazon for $41.49 or uh, insane $29.99 on Right Stuff. Yeah, the Right Stuff price just went down this week. It was previously about the same as Amazon, so I don't know if they're trying to one-up. They seem to go back and forth all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right always, always be on the lookout for deals. Definitely. I'm all about deals. We'll give you the best deals. These well, we DVDs just must go now. <laughs> what can I do to put Dragon Ball in your hands right now? Our prices are insane. <laughs> so are we. It's crazy. 
crazy mics. <laughs> crazy DBZ Emporium. Um, that is the end of July. A lot of stuff in August, but we'll hit it when we come to it. So until then, I guess let's do some emails here. Mary, take the first email from Steve. Okay, Steve writes, Since Dragon Ball Z Kai has been airing on Nicktoons, have you seen a rise in people joining the Daisenshu EX forums? Now, as you can see that I've pulled up, uh, uh, um, being me, pretty much. I can <laughs> yeah. I can see your spreadsheet. That's ha, right. Ha, 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 ha. I have a spreadsheet. This is all public info. It's not like you can't go to the forum and just scroll by date. But I've done the arduous task of collecting the information into an easily visible screen. Uh, I believe Nicktoons started at the end of May, which was really only a couple months ago. May had 59 new subscriptions. June had 75. Wow, that's quite a bump. It is. But then if you go back to March this year, there were 73 that month. So what were you doing in March? Was um was the first Kai set in March? No, was it was that... around the same time as the TV era. Okay. Um, so pff, I, I, don't I don't know. Maybe there was a lot of news in March, but I'm looking at your list and you have a lot of months with like 30 something, 50 something, yeah, but it, nothing ever really cracks 70. You go back to January 07, there were 63. I mean, there's a lot of 60 and 50s July last year so we're at about this just about a year ago with 60 registrations maybe it's the spring going into the summer I would be careful not to confuse correlation with causation here is it really Kai that's driving it just I'd say give it another month to see if you have another push of maybe 60 70 registrants and then I think you're close to maybe maybe saying there's a connection but we have I mean the Dragon Ball Blue Bricks are coming to a close Dragon Boxes are continuing there's constantly Dragon Ball Kai news there's news throughout the world with France and Spain sets and all that stuff. I, I don't know. We, we have such a diversely worldly audience. I, mean, I do look at the statistics and yeah, the US makes up a good portion of the traffic, but I mean, we have a ton of other people that the Nicktoons broadcast of Kai's are relevant to. So I don't know. What do you think, Julian? I don't really know. I think maybe you'd have to break it down by region and see if there's a spike in people specifically from North America. Right, yeah. right. I mean, joining the forum, but you know. Who I don't wants know. to do the analytics? I do. <laughs> it's kind of like what I do at work. I did statistics for a semester in my second or third year of college, and I forgot most of it. So, Yeah, I, I, it's a lot of work. I look at the general stuff. I, I know the trends, but to dig that deeper for something I'm not really getting paid for, I get paid Aww. to do this at work. Me too. So oh, but I'm like a I, sucker for this stuff. I, I love oh, seeing totally. what the connection is. Not that I don't want to do it for here, but there's only so many hours in the day. Can you make... More hours in the day, Mary? No. Then I, okay. okay. Maybe you can go back in time. Mary, uh, no, you just read the last one. Julian, you read the email here from Ryan. Okay. About a year ago, I started watching Dragon Ball, and I absolutely love it. I've watched up to episode 101. My favorite character just died, Brownie Smiley. And I look forward to watching the rest of the series. The only problem is my friend, who only likes Dragon Ball Z, keeps bugging me to hurry up and finish Dragon Ball so we can watch Z together. He's threatening me with spoilers if I don't hurry up. I know Dragon Ball, Z, and GT are ended shows, so I don't want to rush through the greatest show ever and then have nothing more to watch. But I'm also anxious to see what happens in Z and watch it with my friend. So my question is... Should I continue only watching two to three episodes of Dragon Ball a week, or should I watch a lot more so I can get to Z? Interesting question, Ooh. because I still find it fascinating that in this day and age, it's not that fascinating, I guess, because Kai is just Z. Z is the most popular, and a lot of people pull this, well, Dragon Ball is just the prequel. 
Marvel. I don't need to watch that. When really, all the character development is solidified there. I mean, that's where so much comes from. There's actually, uh, I forget which thread it was. There's a pretty interesting thread in the forum recently because the last Dragon Ball Blue Brick is coming out. And people are going, you know what? The Piccolo Daimao arc in the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai is very Z ish which makes sense because the manga is just a straight story beginning to end and they do follow each other it is becoming more epic for lack of a better phrase i mean piccolo daimo is the first super villain in the series which is something we're going to continue to revisit so you're heading into that part of the series where drag that friend in and if they've never seen or read this stuff before i think they're now's really, a good time to start yeah yeah they're really gonna be taken aback and go oh my god actually this is pretty similar to what i'm used to julian what do you think i mean this stuff is such a good point in the series, right? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think a knowledge of Dragon Ball is pretty good for appreciating what comes after. I mean, for one thing, you have a lot of the backstory of the characters. Especially for Piccolo, you don't really have the impact of his character development unless you understand what an utter bastard he was. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because he doesn't really display much of that in Z. No, and what he does, they're just kind of toss away lines. I was mentioning earlier when he flies up to Kami's and he's, oh, no, I am Piccolo Daimo. You don't get the impact of how conflicted and pissed off he is unless you see what that character really was earlier. So in, in that respect, I think it's a pretty good idea. Plus, you know, Dragon Ball is fun to watch. It's got a different sort of feel from most of Dragon Ball Z, and it's enjoyable in its own right. So It's yeah. damn good. Although that doesn't really answer the question. If no. this friend does not want to watch this, for whatever reason, they're completely That's adamant not the about question, not, though. what should they do? Should they watch more than three? I mean... I think you're going to get to this and want to watch five episodes a day. Right. I'd say just keep going at whatever pace is comfortable. I mean, I, I like to savor my anime. There's some shows that I feel like we're into it and we marathon it, but then I feel like, oh, I didn't really let that fester and <laughs> resonate with me. You have a sense of me. loss at the end. I do, so I can kind of see both sides of the yeah. argument. So Bring your friend in. Do everything you can to bring them in. Yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, and then if you feel compelled to watch a ton all at once because it gets super awesome, do by it. all means, do so. Especially when you hit the last tournament, you're going to want to watch everything just straight. All right, let's do one more email. This comes to us from Ben. It's a little long, but I think it's all good stuff. So here we go. Hey, DizeyX Podcast. I know I'm totally late to the party, but I wanted to mention that I love the Yamcha-focused episode you did a while back. If you're ever in the mood to do a similar topic again, I'd love to hear you do an episode about Chi-Chi, another character who's been around since almost the beginning. I think she has one of the more interesting character arcs in the story. Arguably, she goes through more character development than anyone if you don't count the slew of villains turned good guys. In fact, call me crazy, but if you look at Chi-Chi's character progression from front to back, I think it's a piece of reasonably intelligent social satire on the traditional role of women in Japanese society. Think about it. Before the time skip, she wants so badly to be a traditional homemaker, apparently influenced by her father and the media in the form of some romance magazines. She falls deeply and permanently in love with the first boy to touch her sexually, not that that was Goku's intent, who significantly was also the boy her father chose for her. Like a girl who goes to college only to drop out after getting her Mrs. degree, <laughs> she goes to the Tenkaichi Budokai not out of any personal ambition, but solely to search for her future 
husband. When Chi-Chi and Goku were courting early in Dragon Ball, she babbled happily about how blissful married life would be, but what she's describing sounds to the audience like domestic servitude. (laughs) And sure enough, after only four short years of marriage, she is transformed from a vibrant and happy young woman to the angry, impatient nag we meet in Z. She never actually stops loving Goku, but she clearly resents him and finds married life unfulfilling, sublimating her own failed ambitions into her son. Her only other outlet for her frustrations, if you accept the filler movies as evidence, seems to be compulsive shopping, and given that they have no discernible source of income, one imagines that she must be racking up quite a credit card bill. Do you think I'm reading too much into this, or was some or all of this Toriyama's intent? We're going to answer it, but I will point you back way, way the hell back. I think it was 2006. Episode 44 of the podcast, we talked about gender roles, and I think we talked quite a bit about this. But, Julian, I saved this one for you because I think it's worth addressing again. Can you tell us a little bit about the good wife, wise mother thing that we have in Japan? Yes. So, in in Japan, the um, sexual revolution of the 1960s didn't really happen. And even today, you have a very sort of strong social push for females towards traditional gender roles in being a sort of housewife and a mother to good children who, you know, does everything in the house for the housework and, you know, is very focused on raising the children. And even if they choose to have a career, which many women do nowadays, they still end up doing everything in the house, which ends up running them pretty ragged. And it's very, very ingrained in the society. And uh, my wife and I have had arguments about doing housework and things like that, where I want to, you know, do my part. And she says she insists on doing almost everything herself because that's so wrapped up in her identity. Right. It's the Japanese way. Right. If I don't do this, that means I'm a bad wife is basically the sentiment. <laughs> Mary would never stand for that. Yeah, I'd be like, no, I need a nap. Go do something. <laughs> if you do your own laundry, that reflects badly on me. So let me do it. No. Who's going to know? No one's going to know but you two. Oh, right. Japanese well, society. I, I know that. She, she she tells me that it'll be different when we have our own place, because right now we're living with her father. Gotcha. But I'm not sure I entirely believe her. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you transition a little bit to the educated-minded mother? Oh, yes. So the kyoiku mama is the stereotype of the mother who does everything to make sure that her children get into a good school, because in Japan, getting into a good school is everything. It's not what you study while you're there. It's studying really hard and memorizing lots of facts so that you can get into the school. And having graduated from that school is a ticket to, or was a ticket to big name jobs, even if you were an absolutely terrible student. Um, That's not as true as it used to be because the uh, economy in Japan is not as good as it was in the 80s. And you really have to look far and wide to find things like lifetime employment and what have you. Well, that's what I was going to mention. I mean, the goal was to get a job that you would be at For for life, right? Right. So... It's not as true as it used to be, but even now, students are really focused pretty much from the moment they enter junior high school, sometimes before, on studying what they need to know to get good grades on their entrance exams to get into the good schools, which are for to get into the good schools after that, to get into the good college after that, so you can get a good job. In some respects, I think the educational system hasn't caught up to the changing social climate and that um, particularly resistance of, of schools into changing the contents of their entrance exams into things that are more applicable to, 
you know, usable stuff rather than random facts that you don't use on a normal basis are contributing to this gap. But Well, what do you think? Is is Toriyama doing a little satire on this, or is it just he's writing what is? I, I think it's more of that, but I'm not there. So. I, I, I think it's, in many respects, he's writing what he saw. Yeah. It's not as true as it was in the 80s, but it's still pretty true. I mean, even today in commercials and stuff, there are tons of stuff with housewives, and it's very strange because you don't really see that as much in the U.S. anymore, especially on TV. There are <laughs> the, the mom in the kitchen with the apron cooking dinner. Yeah, that, that, that sort of stuff. And in, in the same respect, there are relatively few strong female roles on TV. Or if they are portrayed in strong roles, they're usually also made into um, quite unpleasant people. Gotcha. All right. Well, I, I guess that's kind of like an answer to the question. If you want more info, I'm pretty sure we talked about more than just Chi-Chi back on episode 44. I can't guarantee what kind of sound quality there was before episode about 111, 112, but hey, the content's going to be solid. That's always the most important thing. Mary, people have questions, comments, concerns, hopes, dreams, aspirations, and beyond. How can they send them to us? Send your emails to podcast at diezex.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. And we've also got social networking goodness. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash diezex and on Twitter at diezex for news and site announcements. Righto. That brings us to a close. Episode 225. Can you believe that? 225. It's wow. wild. We've edited 225 podcasts. <laughs> Uh, I think that puts us somewhere in the vicinity of the Vegeta fight. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) We are well into the boo arc at this point. So, folks, thanks for joining us here. I'm really hoping that we're going to have a manga review before the end of the month. I can't guarantee it, mainly because of Otakon scheduling. Like we said, Jeff's doing publication stuff, and he's he's a big part of our manga review because he is the virgin for the series. And then even us, we're working on uh, our panel and... Julian, I think you're going to be coming back to the U.S. in the next couple weeks. That's right. In fact, I'm leaving in six days, and I have way too many things to do before I go to the airport. Oh, wow. So. You're gonna be you're gonna be there for that long? Yeah, we're gonna be there for a good twenty seven days or so. Oh, wow, nice. okay. almost a month. Excellent. It's be a nice long vacation. Can't wait to see and meet everyone. Yay, baby! Yes. Fresh meet baby. the family. Fresh baby. Fresh baby. <laughs> no eating the baby, Mike. <laughs> Gobble her up! Oh my! Wah, wah, wah. All uh, right, folks. Thanks. This is 225. We'll try to see you in some capacity for 226 next week. For Mary sitting across from me down here in the studio. Yes, let's call it that. It's a dungeon. <laughs> and for Julian off in Japan with the cute fresh baby on his lap. Hey, hey. My name is Mike Vegito EX, and we'll see you next time here on the show. Thanks for listening to Dai Zenshu EX, the podcast this week. Check us next time. Aren't you so cute? Look at Julian holding her. Aww. I never thought I'd see this on a podcast recording. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, it's adorable. <laughs> Getting any crazy ideas, Mike? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming out. Um, I guess we'll go Because the last Dragon Ball Blue Brick is coming out, and people are going, you know what? The Piccolo Daimao arc and the 23rd Tenkaichi...
<laughs> <coughs> Take an issue. Wow, what happened there? 